0: Eternal Father, I offer you the most precious blood of Jesus Christ in atonement for my sins and in supplication for the holy souls in purgatory and for the needs of Holy Mother Church. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. It is Friday, so it's always good to reference the precious blood of Jesus on Friday, um, which he shed for us on the cross. Today is also the feast day of Our Lady of Chestahova. And, um,. This is a Polish a devotion, which has really gone around the whole world. Um, also known as the Black Madonna of Poland. It's a very famous painting of the Blessed Virgin Mary holding the child Jesus. And under this title, uh, Mary is the patron and protector of Poland. Uh, the face of Mary is very dark, so that's why they call her the Black Madonna. And this darkening of the image comes from really centuries of being hidden and the many years of soot and smoke from the candles burning before the icon. Uh, Mary's gesturing towards Jesus, directing the attention away from herself and pointing to him as she does throughout her life and also now in heaven, always pointing us to Jesus. And Jesus in this icon is extending his right hand in blessing to us who would be uh, looking at this image. He's also holding a book of the Gospels in his left hand, and he actually looks, he doesn't look like a child, although he's very tiny in stature. He also kind of looks like a little man, and that's to remind us that while still a child, his uh, divine nature was always fully mature. So this painting has a long history. Um, The the legend of this uh, icon is that it was painted by St. Luke himself, on a piece of uh, cedar tabletop that was built by Saint Joseph so all sorts of comings together here uh, others claim it's part of the table used at the Last Supper and Saint Helen found this painting when she went to Jerusalem in search of the true cross and she gave this painting to her son Constantine and when the the city of Constantinople was invaded by the Saracens, the Muslims. Uh, The people prayed to uh, Mary and the city was saved. And this began this great devotion to the Blessed Virgin Mary attached to this painting. So how did it get to Poland? Well, in 1382, Prince Ladislaus, he was the owner of the painting. And in that year, when more uh, people were invading the Prince's palace, an arrow hit the painting lodging in the throat of Mary. And Prince Ladislaus decided to take the icon to Opala, the town where he was born, in order to keep the picture safe. Now, on his way there, he stopped and spent the night in Częstochowa, and the next day, as they began to continue on the journey, the horses pulling the wagon with the painting of Our Lady refused to move. So Prince Ladislaus took this as a sign that the painting was to remain in Shostehova. And the icon was placed in the care of the Order of the Hermits of St. Paul at their monastery called the Mount of Light, or in Polish, Jasnagora. And that's where the uh, icon remains to this day. Uh and there were many more times when it was in danger of being uh, robbed or taken uh, by all sorts of people who invaded the monastery. Twice the painting was struck with a sword, and before it could be hit the third time, the man with the sword fell to the ground and died. And despite trying to repair this painting, the sword cuts and the arrow wound are still visible in the painting today. So you can see them on Our Lady's face. Uh, that the, the actual It looks like the painting, like the, the image... It looks like she has the actual wounds on her face, but it was actually made by the, by the uh, sword and the lance that uh, the marauders were using when they tried to sack the palace or the monastery. So um, a lot of legends surrounded by this uh, image There's even a modern one. Uh, From the time Russia invaded Poland in 1920 And the Russian army was ready to attack When the image of Mary was seen in the clouds And at this vision the troops withdrew And Poland was again saved So the church honors Mary, the mother of God In so many ways And uh, we know that Our Lady intercedes for us daily uh, And uh, there's also been many healings and miracles That have been attributed to prayers To this icon, Our Lady of Czestochowa The Black Madonna I have a very personal story about this, and I've told this story before, but it's been a while since I've, I've said it, so I'm going to go through it again. So soon after my leaving New York to go to, move to Boston, I was living with Father Tom DiLorenzo at the Holy Rosary Parish in Winthrop, Massachusetts. And I got up there on, uh, just after 9-11, that's why I got kind of, 9-11 shut down the city and I had... had nothing nothing going on so I met Father Tom at a 9-11 healing mass for the widows and he invited me to go up to Boston so I did and I was up there for about nine months so that would have been uh, the back end of 2001 into 2002 and uh, in the spring when the, the weather was a bit nicer in 2002 we he asked if I'd like to go on a little vacation to Poland And so we decided we would go. And uh, I believe it was Margaret went with us as well, I think, who is from Poland and has a house there. So uh, the first day we were heading out, we rented a car. We got in the car and Father Tom prayed this very unusual prayer. He said, Lord, we give you permission to use us today in any way you desire and please give us the grace to see your hand in action so we can give you all the glory." And I remember thinking, I've never heard that prayer before. I wonder if he just made that up. Uh, but regardless, it was, it was, you know, it's a prayer. Didn't realize what was gonna happen that day, but I soon would. So we start driving and we head out about four hours into our journey and we're in the middle of this, the woods, uh, very uninhabited area, and the car starts smoking And it got so bad, I couldn't see where I was going, so we had to pull off the road and call for a mechanic. And a tow truck came, big flatbed, and there was no room for me in the cab, so I had to stay in the car on top of the flatbed as we were towed to the nearest gas station, which was in a town about the size of uh, nothing. It was the tiniest little town. All it really had was a gas station, a church, and a cemetery, and then some homes built around it on the countryside. So you could call it a one-horse town. And Father said, you take care of the car, I'm gonna go pray at the church. So he went across the street to the church. The church is locked. So he went around to the cemetery and before a statue of Our Lady, he asked Our Lady to go uh, open the church for him. And just as soon as he had prayed that, uh, the caretaker showed up and said, would you like to come into the church? He said, yes, I've been waiting for you. So he let him in the church. So Father starts praying, and at this point, I, I don't believe he had his clerics on. I think, I think we were dressed in civilian clothes. Well, I certainly was. I'm, I was, in, I was, wasn't even seminarian at this point. And uh, the Lord said, "I want you to celebrate mass for these people. They haven't had mass in months." And he said, "Okay, it'll be in English, but I'll do it." And with that, somebody said. Another person came up to Father and said, are are you a priest? He says, I am, and I'm going to celebrate Mass for you, because I understand you haven't had Mass in months. And the man said, that's true. How did you know that? And he said, the Lord just told me. So he said, go get your townspeople, and go get the American boy at the gas station. So I'm not doing very well with the mechanic. He doesn't speak English very well, and I don't speak any Polish. And during this trying to communicate with each other the this woman comes in and says "Um, father wants you to come we're having mass and I said we're having mass what is what, what is he doing we need to get the car fixed so I go over and there people are gathering and he celebrates the mass and everybody's very grateful and happy that he could do that and then father says take me to the pastor and uh, the woman says, uh, well, father hasn't come out for months. He's been sick and no one has seen him and he won't see anybody. And father Tom said, well, he'll see me go get him. Well, we knock on the door and there's no answer. And father Tom says, I am a priest and the Lord has sent me here to pray with you. Open the door. So the priest opens the door and falls back in his bed and, um, uh, Father Tom starts to pray, and all of a sudden, he just starts singing praises to to the Lord over this priest. I don't know what's happening. I don't understand what's happening. I don't know this priest. I barely know Father Tom. I've only been living with him a few months. But this, to me, was very awkward. So I said, I'm going back to the gas station to see what's going on with the car. And the man's uh, the gas station mechanic said I got I have there, there's bad news it, it can't be fixed we need to get a part it'll take a week and I said a week well I don't have a week I'm not spending my whole vacation in this little town with nothing to do so maybe I could pay for the FedEx and he says no this we don't have FedEx in this part of the country I said oh my goodness uh, well maybe I could go rent a car and uh, we could figure something out. And anyway, uh, nothing was happening here, so I went back to the rectory. Father Tom's still singing praises over the priest. Uh, it's been probably a half hour, and finally, the priest jumps out of the bed and says, "I think I've been healed. I feel I feel good again." And then he says, uh, "Let me cook you something to eat." And I looked at Father Tom and said, "He hasn't left here for months." There's nothing in here that he could possibly make that we're going to enjoy. Uh, and Father Tom said, that'd be wonderful. Thank you. So he made some kind of soup. It was not very good, um, but that wasn't the point, I guess. And after that, he started to cry and said he was very depressed that there were no vocations in this part of Poland for, to the priesthood. And Father says, well, this young man's going to go off to seminary uh, soon. And he's there, there's still vocations coming Uh, coming in so then he ran and got me all these relics he had he wanted me to take his relics and I thanked him and he gave us his blessing and Father Tom gave the priest his blessing everybody's blessing everybody and we go we go back to the gas station and the gas station mechanic says "Uh, good news I hammered parts together and made a part that will work now normally that would not make me very happy to hear that uh, but I was thrilled because it meant I'm getting out of this town. And we drove away and the car never had an issue the rest of the week, believe it or not. Um, and so we we pulled up when it was getting close to, you know, the end of the, the day, time to find a place to, to stay. We found a little uh, pension and we each went to our own bedrooms. And before we retired, Father said, uh, did you understand what happened today? And I said, no why don't you explain it he goes well we gave the lord permission to use us and he used us to bless this town and these people and to 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 have the lord heal the priest through through my uh, praise and worship of the lord and i said okay uh, that's nice all right i'll see you in the morning good night next morning get up go to the car get in the car and father tom starts praying lord we give you permission i said father what are you doing? Don't pray that prayer today. We will Something else is going to go happen to us. And he said, no, 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 no. We pray this every day. We give the Lord permission every day. So he prays the whole prayer. Lord, I give you permission to use us today in any way you desire. And please give us the grace to see your hand in action so we can give you all the glory. Well, we begin driving through the countryside and up on this mountain, uh, we see this, it looked like a big black castle. It was something you'd expect to see in the Lord of the Rings. And I said, oh, let's go find out what that is. So we climb up the mountain path and get to the top and up there is uh, this enormous, what looks like a castle, it actually turned out to be a monastery. And uh, so we go to the front door And there's a sign in about five or six different languages. It says, uh, closed 364 days a year, open on the feast day of St. Benedict to the public on July 11th. Now, guess what day of the year it was? It was July 11th. And so I said, oh, my gosh, what are the odds that we would be here for this one day a year? So we knock on the door, and the monks open the door, and they're so happy that there's a guest. And they say, oh, we're preparing a big feast for lunch. Come in and join us. So we did. Had a wonderful lunch. The food in Poland is just so wonderful. And it's, for the most part, when you stay at these little places like this, or you visit little monasteries, it's all homemade. You know, it was just delicious. And they spoke English very well and we had a nice visit and then they brought us all these St. Benedict medals and they blessed them with the special blessing of St. Benedict on his feast day. Loaded us up, put us in the car, we drive off. And Father says, do you understand what happened? And I said maybe not perfectly. Why don't you give me your intake on the whole thing? He goes, well today we prayed the prayer and today the Lord wanted to bless us. So we were the recipients of this great Blessing of this feast, and the medals, and uh, the and the fraternity with the, the monks. I said, okay, that's great. So we prayed this prayer every day. I pray this prayer still to this day. Um, and every day something unusual and uh, I would say borderline miraculous would happen. That we just didn't I didn't know what was what to expect. Every day was a new adventure, and that's a very exciting way to live. You know, when you just hand over everything to the Lord. Uh, some days, you know, there's graces to endure the day because, you know, there's labor to be done and work in the vineyard. Other days, there's graces to enjoy the day and the Lord is pouring out uh, His, His blessings and graces upon you. So it doesn't matter. Either way, there's days of grace. And I would add, uh, there's no more good days or bad days because if a good day, the day that everything seems to go your way, If that's what most people would define as a good day, okay, that's a good day. You have graces to enjoy the day. The days when things don't go your way. You know, the days when you wake up late and you stub your toe on the cabinet and uh, you spill coffee on your shirt as you're racing out the door. Your gas tank is empty, you gotta stop for gas. You're gonna be late for work, all the lights are red. You get to work and there's already a pile of complaints on your desk you know those days those are days we get graces to endure the day but those are the days where we actually have uh, more uh, there's more grace available because when we take these little crosses or the big even the all the crosses big and little and we unite those to Jesus's cross and you simply say Lord I'm uniting these trials to your cross and I ask you to convert them to grace to save souls, well, then the bad days are actually better than the good days because we're actually more pleasing to God when we can take the little disturbances and the big ones as well and we can unite them to Jesus' cross to go save souls. Uh, That pleases God the Father so much. So no more good days or bad days, only days of grace. And when you actually start living your life this way, uh, very little can rattle you because you know it. in everything God's working uh, all things for the good. Romans 8.28, all things work for the good for those who love God. So, you know, St. Paul knew this. He understood this mystery. Our Lady certainly did. Uh, St. Joseph, oh, I would say most, if not all, the saints kind of understood the way this works. And that's why uh, they really never got rattled. Even the martyrs understood that this was a great gift, that it could offer up everything, including their very life for the salvation of souls. Do you remember St. Stephen, when he, Saint, uh, when Saul gave him the thumbs down and he was stoned to death? He, the last thing he said was, Father, forgive them. Father, forgive them. Uh, and I would imagine that his prayer was directed at Saul and by Stephen's uh, great offering of his life to the Lord, uh, I would imagine had that had a profound effect in bringing forth the conversion of Saul in becoming St. Paul, and that's kind of the way it works. But you have to know it, and then you have to believe it, and then when you're in it, it's not nearly as difficult as it would be for the person who doesn't understand uh, the graces available in redemptive suffering. Redemptive suffering. Okay, so where are we? We're still in Poland. <laughs> And it's, Friday's approaching, and we want to go to this place, uh, which I mentioned was called Yasnagora, which means the Mount of Light. And it's it's run by these, um, I mentioned these, these. Uh, I think it's the Order of St. Paul. Uh, they look like Dominicans, so they wear the white habit, uh, but they're not Dominicans. I think it's the Order of St. Paul that that, has charge of this monastery and uh, cares for the shrine and the icon of Our Lady, the Black Madonna. And so we head to this little town. Again, we're going through country town villages and small roads and uh, something that we didn't know until later on in, in the week was many of these back roads have false road signs. What do I mean by that? So when, when during the World Wars, when there were you know the enemy was invading uh, Poland, the Polish put up uh, signs that misdirected, so that they would get lost. People would not the the outside invading armies would not really know where they're going. But some of those signs didn't get taken down after the war, and so tourists also get lost. So we got lost, and we gave ourselves, you know, like four hours to get to a place that should have taken an hour and a half, get completely lost. The whole uh, presentation of the image is this great, um, it's sort of almost like a liturgical event, and it happens at 3 p.m., and we finally get there, and it's like two minutes to three, the parking lot is filled, there's people all climbing up this mountain, and there's the there's people on the steps, they can't even get into the church, and I take one look and I just say, forget about it, we're not getting in. Look at it, it's jam-packed already, we can't get up there. And Father said, you know, we didn't do anything wrong, we just got lost, you know, like, we 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 should trust God will take care of this and we're just going to go up there anyway. I said, okay. So of course that morning, what what was prayed, Lord, we give you permission to use us in any way you desire. And we ask you to give us the grace to see your hand in action so we can give you all the glory. So, you know, Father, when he prays that, he trusts that something's going to happen. So I'm sort of a novice at this. So I'm I'm still a pessimist and thinking nothing's going to happen here. Well, we start walking up this mountain and, uh, you know, it's not really a mountain. It's a large hill. But, you know, we're hustling our way along. And out of the blue, one of these monks in the White Habit screams out, uh, Tom. Tom DiLorenzo, Lorenzo, is that you? And Father Tom waves back and says, "It is me." And uh, he says, "Oh, I, we haven't—I haven't seen you in years. How are you?" And he goes, "Well, very well. We're trying to get to the 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 icon presentation." He goes, "Oh, come here. Take my take my hand, and we'll, I'll I'll run you in." So this monk runs us up through the crowd, up the to the top of this mountain, to the front doors of the shrine, and uh, gets us through the doors and takes us down to the front pew, which is empty for some reason. And he plops us down. And just as we sit down, the whole presentation begins and the singing and the joyful music. And Father Tom kind of kicks me in the leg and gives me a look like, I told you, uh, God can do anything. You have to have bigger faith and so we were given the front row seat front and center to watch the whole uh presentation of the image of our lady of uh just and so we left uh thanked the priests and uh he said now you do you understand what happened and at this point i do and i said yes i do understand what happened we prayed the prayer and god uh kind of tested our faith a little bit but in the end he he showed up and revealed that uh You know, he can get anything done uh, because he is the Lord. And so he got us to the front row and blessed us again. He says, that's right. That's how you have to look at life every day, that there's blessings waiting to be received. You just have to make yourself available. Give him permission. The Lord, you know, he the greatest gift he gave humanity was free will. And he did that so that we could freely choose the good, freely choose him. You know, we can choose evil as well, and that will be bad for those who do that at the end of it. Well, it'll be bad their whole life, too, but the end of life when there's the great reckoning, uh, that won't go so well for those who don't repent of it. So we have the free will in order that we can show God we love him. If we didn't have free will there'd be no way to choose to love God. And he really wants us to choose to love him. And so that's why we have free will. That is why there's evil in the world. Because, you know, the first original sin of humanity, I would say, if Lucifer's sin was before humanity's, but the first original sin of, of, a, of a human being in the garden uh, brought about uh, chaos, disorder, and death. And so now... We're living in a disordered, chaotic world because more and more sin is reigning on this planet. That's why there's all the problems the world has. It's it's because of sin. If everybody would repent of their sins and turn back to Jesus Christ today, I would think that would usher in the new heaven and the new earth. I really do, uh, because thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That would start happening. So that's the predicament. Give the Lord permission today to use you in any way he desires, and then give him all the glory for whatever he does with your life. Have a great weekend. This is Father Dan signing out. (laughs)